And there goes Kelsey's butt out of frame. And she's back in frame. Did you see my... <laughs> no. <laughs> I saw, like... <laughs> what I saw was, like, maybe, like, a corner of the of your, like, middle mid-back and the bottom of your shirt. Not quite your butt. But it was, like, okay. right at the point... I mean, I saw from... from Because on StreamYard, I have the power of actually seeing behind the scenes at all times when the theme song is yeah. So I did see you jump out of frame. I, I think the camera caught the tail end of it. Anyway, everyone, welcome to our Iron Man 3 commentary track. We're going to get right into the movie at, like, three minutes. So I'm giving you three minutes now to, like, set up your Disney Pluses, set up your Blu-rays, your DVDs, whatever you have for Iron Man 3. Or if you're like Kelsey and you just have the movie committed to memory, you can go off that uh, as well. Um, this is Kelsey. Right. This is Dill. Uh, Dill's yes. a little loopy on painkillers. Dill just had surgery this week. Uh, but rather than take a week off of podcasting, I said, you know what? I'm far enough away that you really can't see all the oozing and what's its galore in my eyes. So um, that was a play on Little Mermaid, which is also coming out in a few weeks at the time mm -hmm. of recording. Um, and I said ooze its because it was an oozing eye instead of who's its. Anyway, uh, Kelsey, how are you as everyone's getting their Disney Pluses set up? Uh, welcome to this, our first video in the 10-year retrospective celebrating the films of 2013. We are the inaugural video uh, in a long series of videos that I'm doing with you, with Chad, with Matt. Um, how you feeling? I'm honored to be a part of this little rewatch you're doing, Dill. Uh, you pitched this to me like literally last week when we were filming. Oh, God, our Guardians 3 review. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so fun. A little 10-year yeah. recap from 2013. Because well, we did do it again last last year as well. We did Avengers uh, last yes. year for, yes, for the 10 did. years. And then the year before, I don't know if we did anything. Because, no, I don't think we did. Um, I did stuff on my channel. But, you know, it was... It was fun watching Avengers 10 years later. And I think it's going to be fun watching Iron Man 3 10 years later because we've had so much come out since. And, yes. You know, at that point, we had had only really one big landmark film, you know. Um, I'm sorry. Just to clear some things up, I did launch out of frame because oh, yeah. I was because we're sitting and we're watching this movie for the next two hours. And I knew I wasn't going to survive without chapstick. And I was, oh, I was like, oh, quick, I'm going to go grab yeah. my chapstick. And then I, anyway, I just yeah. wanted. I was she needs her lips to look nice for for Mr. Aldrich Killian. Okay, so we're at we're <laughs> almost at three minutes. At three minutes, we're gonna hit play. So get your fingers on the buttons, get them ready, because uh, as soon as we hit three minutes, which is in ten, we're gonna hit um, the play button. So everyone, get okay. yours ready on one, two, three, play. We're gonna play at three minutes. Ready? One, two, three, play, and we are playing okay. Iron Man three. The hardest mm -hmm. part about these commentaries, Kels, is like as soon as we press play, time. as soon as we press play, it's like me trying to figure out how to balance the volume and the subtitles. And no, you're so right, Dale. I'm. I'm like doing okay. all the settings now just to make sure we have all the balance, and it, it really dives in. We have no theme song. We're just in a cool mm -hmm. moment already. Oh, because this movie has one of the best Marvel openings. See. I'm blue by <laughs> Eiffel 65. I think that's the name of them. This is, oh my God, this is such an epic intro. This is, I think, one of my favorite intros of all the yeah. MCU. Look at that, films. the Paramount logo. So this was before Disney bought Marvel. So it was Paramount. Yeah. Movies. That's wild. A Viacom no, company. And we opened in 1999. Yes. Because, you know, they're really set, they set the scene right off the bat with, with the song, you know? They're taking us back to the 90s mm -hmm. with this one. Yeah. Oh, already And off then the we bat. see... Young John Favreau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little Ho uh, Yinsen drop. 
yeah well uh you know because this is the tech summit they met at mm-hmm. in Bern, switzerland which we- and i gotta say i mean rebecca hall we we talked about her a few weeks ago on the town but like yeah. she's so good at everything you know um yeah it's great to see her pop up i wish she had a more substantial role so she could continue on that's always the bad thing about like these one-offs like her michael b jordan and black panther it's like uh you're you're only there for so long until you're either killed off or sent off like it's right. not like a Robert Downey Jr. where you're like, all right, we're going to get 10 more of them. Um, she, yeah, she is a tough fate in this movie because she is yeah. so enjoyable to watch. But we but, won't spoil what happens. And look, oh my God, there's Guy would... Pierce. As a Guy Pierce fan watching this film, I had only seen Guy Pierce as like the cool, kind of brooding, quiet Guy Pierce. And then to see him yeah. come in uh, in this role, I was worried it was going to be like a Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor type thing where it was just almost so not the character but i mean i i love what they do with his character it's very yeah. jamie fox and amazing spider-man 2 yes um, yeah yeah very very max dylan electro absolutely the only thing i'd seen him in before this was la confidential yeah which is a very good film i i, I think did we take a same, Super the same good. film class or or we were in different film classes we always had to have this conversation did you have you had it with Mrs. Everhart? No, I had Miss Balsero. So we did have oh, no. I think Taylor was in my class. We mm-hmm. have a friend, Taylor, for anyone listening. And it is not Taylor Probably. Swift. It's, it's the better Taylor S. Um, well, it, we would say the best Taylor S. Most yeah, other people are more fond of Taylor Swift because they actually know who that is. But Definitely Taylor. the best person I know with the initials TS, for sure. Also with TS, Tony Stark. Back to the movie. See, good, good segues. Wow. <laughs> so I, I can't drink because I, I alluded to I had surgery this week. I had painkillers, so I'm, I can't drink. So I got my polar seltzer here, like an old grandpa. Oh, honestly, do chowing down with the seltzer. I love when you crack open a good seltzer or carbonated beverage. You just yeah. get a mist at the top. For anyone just listening, which you probably are just listening because this is a commentary track, you're going to be listening to this with the movie. But if you're watching us while watching the movie, you will see the the mist coming off of my. This is such a classic move. She just took his glasses off of his face and put them on her. I'm like, that's a flirty move. Ooh. That's so classic. What I love about Shane Black movies, and you know, this is the first Shane Black Iron Man film. This is the only Shane Black Iron Man film, but the first film not directed by John Favreau in the hands mm-hmm. of someone else, Shane Black. I'm a huge Shane Black fan. We watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang on this channel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge fan of his other stuff, The Nice Guys. Um but he really loves setting stuff around the holidays. Kind of just gives it an extra added flavor. Like it gives you an excuse to kind of play with the atmosphere a little bit when you're doing something set around the holidays. In this case, it's New Year's Eve and we're going to get some Christmas stuff in it too. But even like this stuff, it's like we can just kind of play with the idea. Everyone can kind of relate to it because it's set at a certain holiday. Like kind of we yeah. get the vibe that it's a little cold outside, probably even for even if it's a West Coast, which I believe it's where, where are we at in this Switzerland? So it's probably cold. Yeah, we're in Switzerland right now. You know who I am. I'm so excited we're watching this still. It's been a minute since I've watched Iron Man 3. And when I say a minute, I probably mean like six months. Um, but this And is, I gotta say... Uh, one of my favorites. I, one of my yeah, tops. Well, in the I was gonna say, this is something that I think a lot of people are either like, super big fans of or like hate i don't i don't think anyone's really in the middle on iron man 3 i don't think anyone's like oh it was good 
I think everyone either like loves it for the reasons that we do, or they hate it for the reasons we do, you know? Oh, he was just doing his recalibrations on his arm. Mm -hmm. That's why I went, ooh. I think his robot arms. Yeah, go ahead. Oh my God. Or just like his tech, his little like tech robot guys, like they don't even have like faces or voices or anything. And you just become attached to them. Yeah, you know I what was I mean? going to say, it, it, it sucks because after this, we never get another solo Iron Man film. So all of them are with in conjunction with the other superheroes to where mm. like I almost kind of forget that like when it's just him, we can play around with the idea that he's this brilliant mechanical engineer genius um and i feel like we lose some of that in the other films because you have to focus on all these characters you don't get time of just iron man chilling with all his gadgets and having fun you know what i mean like this is yeah. so shane black shane black is a comedian a comedian's director but can still get to the heart of things so there you go christmas it's christmas yeah he's testing his suit that's gonna automatically attach onto him of course, I always have some trivia when we, when we come into this. And not like trivia like you know trivia. Not like details about the film because we obviously can see that. But like behind the scenes trivia. And one of the Please. things is like you see, you see like the wooden dummy that he's using for like his um, his training uh, for I, I believe it's uh, Taekwondo or Kung Fu or something. Yeah. He was actually using it kind of as um, he used those techniques when he was preparing for Sherlock Holmes. It was a very action heavy film. This mm. action, a lot of it is CG, so he's not doing a ton of his own stunts, but for Sherlock Holmes, he had to do a lot of it. So he's, right. he had like some formal training in like um, martial arts for Sherlock Holmes that he like kind of got into it and wanted to actually study to become a black belt. So at the time of filming for this movie, when they were like filming this scene with like the dummy and all the dodging and kung fu kind of stuff he had mentioned in an interview that he was studying to be a black belt i don't know if he ever did become a black belt but wow. uh, i think that's pretty cool that robert downey jr may be a black belt in karate or or taekwondo or martial arts i i don't know if it goes if belts are for every type of uh martial art i don't know martial arts enough to know the different categories uh, but sure i think maybe there's a belt system i was talking to my manager the other day who coaches jujitsu and there's also a belt system in that one as well, because he was like, oh, I'm a something belt. I forgot mm -hmm. what he said. And this stuff is all great, too, because you really need to feel the fear of the Mandarin. Yeah. Mandarin. For anyone who hasn't seen this film, we won't say anything more, but like you need to feel the fear. So that way, any sort of reveals later hit that much stronger, but also still because you need to set up this underlying fear i mean this is a movie you're coming off of the avengers so you need to try to find a way to like top not the not the scale but definitely top the stakes in terms of like justify continuing the story like what where else can we go from here and it's like let's put him in a place where he's like dealing with trauma but now this whole terrorist angle is coming in because avengers was very you know gods from other universes and planets but now it's like no this is yeah. terrorist shit so that's I think a very interesting way to kind of up the stakes for the second phase. Cause it is the kickoff of phase two. And Ben Kingsley is so good. Yeah. This guy really had me fooled for all of this movie. Yeah. I wish I was recording the look on my face when the we first time you get to it, yeah. the, when we get well, to the plot twist. Yeah. But 
he's so good. Yeah. And I think he got cast. I, I, I It's hard to not talk about spoilers, but I wonder if he got cast for the other role or for this role first. Like, did they want Ben Kingsley because he was a get for this type of role? Because mm. I feel like this is kind of the, the menacing presence you expect with Ben King, Kingsley, but then he does the other half of it so well later. So yeah. it might've just been, he was the perfect person for both. But I really think like, if they had even gone a hundred percent of the way through with this plot line as this character, I think he still would have been just as convincing. He's just so good as that. There we go. Is this the first time we see the iron Patriot? Yeah. Yeah. Or, but we saw him as war machine though. in Iron Man too, right? We saw him as war machine in Iron Man too. Uh, but this is the first time we see iron Patriot. We see a, a Bill Maher cameo, mm. a Joan Rivers cameo. Art, rest in peace, Joan Rivers. Do you want to know who was up for the role of the Mandarin? Against, I mean, no one was really against yeah. Kingsley, but do you know? I this? would love you know? to. No. I'll give you a hint. It is someone who later, later in Phase 2 got cast as one of the main roles in the MCU. So that's your hint. In Phase 2? Mm-hmm. All right. So what are we rocking with in Phase 2? We got... Obviously, I'll tell you right now, maybe not a main character of phase two, but a character in phase two that goes on to become a main character in the MCU. Okay. Hmm. (laughs) See, I kind of love the older movies when it's like, like not MCU, but like older, older, like Spider-Man, X-Men or whatever, where like the identities of heroes were kept secret. But there's the thing I love about the MCU is at times they show that because they aren't secret identities, they are essentially celebrities in this world. And and I, yeah. I wish there was more of that in the MCU. I love how he's signing this little boy's like a uh, placemat or whatever at the restaurant. He looks over at him. At him and says, I love you. I loved you in a Christmas story, by the way, because the kid looks so much like Ralphie. And I'm wondering if that was just, that's got to be just, you know, Robert Downey Jr. looking at this random kid that was cast and and Mm -hmm. saying that, right? Maybe. I mean, we do know Shane Black has an affinity for Christmas films. So maybe it is. Maybe it's a collaboration. I mean, I think Shane Black also really knows how to play to Robert Downey Jr.'s strengths. So it could very much be a collaborative effort. I mean, we saw them in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang play off of one another beautifully in terms of writing and acting. Um, And yeah, this is where we get a sense that like the main battle he's facing is an anxiety attack. And I think that's so natural for what he just came out of. I mean, he. He is essentially the death of the Avengers. He just happened to live, you know, but he he's the closest thing to death we got um, in the last film, aside from Coulson. Um, just an FYI, a little trivia fact. Peter Billingsley, the original Ralphie, did produce the first Iron Man and he does have a cameo in it. And we later yeah. see that cameo again shown in Spider-Man Far From Home when they're going through yep. scenes. But pretty cool. Uh, What's the name of his character, Dale? Do you know that? <laughs> that I don't know. Do you? I if don't you say it. It's off the board for. Okay, I was gonna say it's off the board for. No, you. Because I already opened that door, so you're never gonna. You get already, you already uh, asked someone that. I don't think I ever asked the name of the character. I asked for the. I asked the actor for sure, because Peter Billingsley. Like that's a name. If you were, if if you were there, you would, you would know. Neither of us were there in the '80s, but. All right. So what's the name, Kels? Who who was originally supposed to? Were not supposed to play, but who was up for? Who got a callback for the role of the Mandarin? <laughs> 
someone who gets introduced in phase two and then becomes a bigger deal later. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm probably very wrong. It's not Elizabeth I'm... Olsen. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. That was my first guess. Imagine um, with a beard. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say Josh Brolin. No. Who was it? Think of someone not white. Okay. That's what I was hoping. I was hoping the answer yeah. was gonna be no because I was like, they didn't they don't they weren't gonna cast him, right? Um When I say big deal, I mean like now a very big deal in the MCU. Like could be the MCU headliner, if you know what I mean. Are you alluding to Anthony Mackie? I am. <laughs> oh my Anthony god, Mackie, he was Mr. Up Captain the America. I could the never see yeah, him being super threatening. <laughs> he probably probably got called in. Was like, no, absolutely not. But yeah. and that was probably what started the conversations about. Hey. Yeah, probably. Because I can see him doing the. You, you know the other half of it um mm-hmm. and, you know during the later half of the movie but right. the whole beginning stuff i don't know do you like uh guy pierce in this role are you a fan i know some people are hot and cold on guy pierce in this movie no i think that he's excellent and i think he does this role very well because think. you know he kind of has this like this is like kind of his like ugly duckling moment right where he's now blossomed into this swan he's he's you know impressing pepper you know showing him all his fancy showing her all his fancy Mm -hmm. gadgets and like you know he just comes off kind of like really charismatic in the beginning Mm -hmm. to the point where you know when the twist happens you kind of like it makes sense that he ends up being who who he is but you Mm kind of don't see it coming because he spends this time being so like suave and and cool yeah and I like what they do with Pepper in this movie because for the first two films, she's very much more like your damsel in distress kind of. And I think mm. for this film, they really were trying to steer clear of that. I mean, I know Kevin Feige was trying to say like, oh, but Iron Man needs something to fight for. But then also the the argument was also, well, he can still do that, but also give Pepper agency and let Pepper save the day at times and be her yeah. own character, have her own arc in this film, especially because he's the one who's, I'd say in more distress, you know, he's in more need of saving. Maybe not necessarily. He's the one falling off the building and needs to be caught before he hits the floor, but he's also, I'd say emotionally the one who needs, he's, he's the damsel in the sense that he just needs help, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's an interesting depiction in this film of like mental health and anxiety mm. which like is kind of ahead of its time for 2013 i feel oh, especially yeah. have to have your main protagonist your main superhero who's supposed to be the brilliant you know nothing can ever really touch him tony stark to be struggling with like ptsd and anxiety mm. kind of like Cause, huh yeah because like you can make a man of any size or shape fly you know, with the machinery he has, but you can't fix what he's got going on inside, you know? And I think that's mm-hmm. something really interesting. Which is why it's long gone now, but the moment where he's like in the suit and he's like, Jarvis, like what's going on? Like, is it my brain? Is it my heart? Like what's, what's happening? Because he wants something that's like an easy fix. But then Jarvis is just like, well, for, according to my assessment, you're just having a panic attack. 
And like, that's not something tangible, you know, you can tinker with and, and fix. Mm-hmm. I wonder if John Favreau like enjoys being on set as a director, but not directing. Like, do you, mm. I, cause I mean, he is an actor first. So like, obviously he likes well, being on set, but it's like, do you think it's tough for him to have directed the first two films and now sit around and watch someone else direct? Or do you think he's more like, I trust you. You're in good hands. I'm glad. Cause originally he had <clears> stopped <throat> directing. He had signed on to do a movie called magic kingdom, which was a sci-fi movie that never actually went into production. He was all in pre-production for it and it, it, it didn't pan out. So I wonder mm-hmm. if there's even more regret there or if he's just kind of content. Cause I mean, we all know he goes on to greater things, not greater things, but just as great things. I mean, he is one of the guys running Star Wars right now. He's directing at so many episodes of Limit Mandalorian, and he did the Jungle Book remake and the Lion King remake, which yeah. I'm not huge fans of either, but they made a lot of money. So, like, you know, I, I think he's fine, and he still has his role in the MCU. You know, he was in No Way Home, which is one of the biggest movies of all time, Endgame, which is the biggest movie of all time, but it's still, like, I wonder if he's just, like, a little jealous that, like, other people kind of took the MCU and exploded it even more, even though he was the one who kind of like got it off the ground running with Feige and all involved. But, you know, there's a little jealousy. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder how it came about that he wasn't, you know, running the, the third movie. I wonder if it was his decision to step down. If Kevin, yeah. Kevin Feige kind of came to him and was like, listen, yeah. I think we're going to go in a different direction for the third movie. Mm-hmm. Because for all the other you know, not Thor's trilogy and not not Captain America either, but all the other ones to follow, like Ant-Man, Ant-Man. that's all been pa- Peyton Reed. Well, and even Spider-Man. Thor, the last two have still been the same director, you know? They've been, like, taken over by Taika, right. and now it's just been Taika's franchise. Right, right, And then, right. yeah, like you said, Spider-Man, John Watts, and then Guardians with James Gunn. Right. Avengers with the Russo brothers and Whedon kind of transitioned over. But again, two directors. I can't imagine that Kevin would take it just like from underneath him to be like, you're fired. Yeah. Well, also, well, like I just said, he, he signed on to do a different movie. That's why he didn't want to direct it. But I wonder right. if when that fell through, if then he was like, can I come back? And they were like, well, we already have Shane. Cause also Shane black at the time, pretty sure. good director. I mean, has good credits. So like, it was probably a big get for Marvel. Cause phase two is really where you see them start to get like a lot of their, interesting like this is where they get the russo brothers in phase two they get james gunn in phase mm-hmm. two they get um whoever directed thor the dark world alan no, alan taylor it? alan taylor yeah alan taylor we'll talk about them next week it's kenneth kenneth brana alan taylor and then taika 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 oh He's not I think this this one. I think I've definitely out of all the phase two films, I've definitely seen Captain America Winter Soldier the most. But then this is definitely a, cl- a close second. Not Guardians. Oh shit! That's your favorite one. I always, I always forget that Guardians is in phase right. two. Because but also, it is your so... favorite movie, so maybe you haven't seen it as much because it would taint the experience if you watched it too much. Or no, <laughs> it is the most real watch for you. You just forgot. <laughs> well, you know why I never really watch Guardians a ton? Because I, I always hated watching Groot die. 
yeah, that's what kept me away from watching Guardians. Where it's like in this one in Civil War, I don't really have to worry about losing anyone super close to me. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think Guardians Three is going to be a tough rewatch because you know we we talked about that. I, I but watched... I am excited for when when it comes out on on Disney Plus because yeah. that's going to be oh I'm watching this again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I read an interesting take once that um, this scene with Pepper and the whole like him kind of seducing her in the suit and then her being like realizing it's not him in the suit is like an allegory for sexual enhancement drugs and guys who have anxiety um, and like have so much anxiety that they can't like perform well. So they mm. use something to help them sure. um, strengthen the, the, the uh, libido. Um, yeah. And in his, in his, he has a literal suit to do that for him to literally, you know, be the, the Viagra only for her to see right through it. Um, but I think that's interesting, you know, like, or just not necessarily distinctly that, but like the, the idea that is a metaphor for him trying to like compensate and thinking his suits can solve his problems when really yeah. can't. And that's no, what I he t- learns in this whole movie, you know? I like the whole double entendre of that deal. And I'm we see board. it again in Infinity War with, with Hulk. So uh, MCU has a thing about, about erectile dysfunction, I guess. But. <laughs> Maybe Kevin Feige is trying to tell us something. Hmm. <clears throat> I, I didn't say it. I didn't say yes or no. <laughs> um. Who's to say? And then shot right to the bed, where traditionally the man would spoon the girl, but you see, uh, you know, he's the kind of the one in the more fetal position. Like he mm-hmm. needs cut. Like it, the way he's laying, he looks like he needs to be cuddled. See, like he's almost the one who's in the submissive position, which I really I love. I mean, I love Shane Black and how he kind of finds that vulnerability in Robert Downey Jr.'s performance in this movie. Right. Yeah, this is kind of where we feel the energy taking a turn. It's like, oh God, this is this is gonna get worse before it gets better. Yeah, because ultimately, the Avengers is a fun movie, but the stakes were so big that we forget. Yeah. Um, one also, really important thing before we keep going with this, this scene is really cool. That I just wanted to point this out before we move on from this scene. Um, firepower. When we see her, we haven't seen her yet. See if you can make out where she's standing. Like who specifically, whose name specifically they're standing next to. Are you talking about the girl? Who are you talking about? Firepower. Um, sorry, I just want to make sure it's a scene. Sure. This is Savin. I think that's his name. Oh, I'm sorry. Him. Firepower, it says in the script, is Ashley Hamilton. And Ashley, for me, is a girl's name. But no, that's Firepower there. He's sitting right above Robert Downey Jr.'s. That was it. Robert Downey Jr., that shot. That's Robert Downey Jr.'s actual handprints and um, signature at the Chinese theater. Oh, no way! Mm-hmm. Sorry, I wrote in my notes, Firepower, Ashley Hamilton, sitting next to handprints. And oh, so I forgot. He- I forgot that Ashley Hamilton is... Ashley the guy. Um, okay. Yeah. 
so yeah they're doing this scene over roberts you know that's probably one of the things where shane black was like oh my god we got to do it there you know yeah like, yeah, those, yeah. Like, inside jokes almost i wow, apologize so to ashley Hamilton for outside the hey all good nope poby's nerfic dill poby's nerfic yep Ooh, he just got thrown. Oh, God, and he's shooting up his little extremist drug. Don't you miss actual sets? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you miss so being this... able to actually throw someone through glass? <laughs> so does that mean this was actually filmed outside the real Chinese theater in L.A.? That wasn't, but... Well, that part, wasn't, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it was. You know that yeah. stuff all above his mm -hmm. his handprint and stuff. That's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, all this isn't, but obviously. <laughs> and this is probably where the movie premiered, if I had to guess. Either this or the um, El Capitan, I think it's called, or the something. It's a Disney-owned theater. Capitan. Reminds no, me of something. Way. Were you ever worried for Happy when you watched this? I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, the El Capitan, that's the name of it. That's the one that Disney owns, so that's probably where it premiered, not not the Chinese theater. Um, was I ever nervous for Happy, like in this moment specifically? Yeah, like when he's, you know, in a, and he's like in a coma for the rest of the movie. Uh... I think just so much else goes on in this movie that you kind of forget. That he's like in a hospital. What I've noticed with Marvel, and this is not a Guardians 3 spoiler, don't read into it, but whenever a character doesn't die immediately and is in some sort of coma, I almost always feel like they're going to live. I don't sure. feel like a lot of the time you see someone in a coma only for the, the very end of the film they die. Unless you're on like Grey's Anatomy and it's like the story is about them coming to terms with pulling the plug. I really feel like if they die, they die on the scene. And then like you know, the comas for the characters that are, we're going to learn a lot from their coma and then see them get out of it alive at the end. That's what I've kind of been getting, especially with mainstream Hollywood filmmaking and franchise filmmaking. That just seems to be a trope they do a lot. I don't know. No, yeah, you're right. I love the way he says theater. Theater. Terror. So good. Yeah, I couldn't imagine Anthony Mackie doing any of this. <laughs> I can't even. I couldn't even impersonate. I can't even do an Anthony Mackie impression as it, as it is, let alone as the man. <laughs> well, ethically, I don't think you can do an impression of Anthony Mackie. I, I, I would agree. I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> you caught me there. Down Abbey, his favorite. Oh, yeah. Gosh. All the people. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just traumatically thinking about five minutes ago, and all the people are like, Ashley Hamilton's not a girl, Dylan. I'm waiting for this girl <laughs> to be sitting by Robert Downey Jr.'s footprints. I'm like, where is she? And no, because realizing... I... I thought you were talking about... Because there's a girl that starts hunting him. I don't know her name. Hmm. Well, maybe I should, just in case. Uh... I like how the color palette even kind of mutes here. Like it really mm -hmm. is trying to like fit the vibe that even in the first scenes with like the Christmas and stuff, there's a little more color, but, but it's also still like, you know, it's still distinguishedly colorful. Yeah. 
That was a mistake. Yeah, you're telling me. He just <laughs> gave his address to not only the whole world, but a terrorist. I think that's probably the most unrealistic part of this. And maybe it's not because of what he's dealing with in this movie, but no celebrity in their right mind, I think, would ever willingly give out their address of their primary home. Unless it was right. like... I mean, like, I've done celebrity tours in L.A. of, like, driving by people's houses. But even then, I'm like, it's probably their third or fourth house. And it's right. probably, there's probably like seven gates of lasers before you can even get to the door. And I'm in a bus where I cannot leave. Yeah. Um, like, I remember going by Simon Cowell's house and Dr. Phil's house are, like, the two I distinctly remember. And being like, Simon Cowell has a nice garden. That is so strange to just, like, drive around and, like, invade people's privacy like that. And it wasn't even like we went in. It was like literally we drove by. I was. It was like driving down the street. And it's just been like, oh, that's Dr. Phil's place. I would I not like, cool. feel safe if like a bunch of people found out where I live. Mm -hmm. But I guess he, he does have Jarvis and all of his fancy gadgets. So I guess he's betting on like, if any Joe Schmo comes knocking on his door, he'll right. have you know yeah. safety precautions. Right, but still. But still, not, not wise. Maybe not the smartest thing. And I think that's supposed to show the cracks in him and how he's cracking, you know? Right. And I love this play with visual effects. I almost get annoyed when it's too much visual effects going on, but like here that just feels, it is fake, but it feels real to this universe. You know, like, yeah, of course he would have these holograms and shit, you know? look up if this was nominated for any Oscars. Do you know off the top of your head if it was? Um, I'm trying to think back to when we talked about all the Oscar nominations for <laughs> Wakanda Forever. I was going to say, it's if only I, been nominated, it was nominated for one Oscar, if you can guess what it is. Um, I'm going to guess visual effects. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say that was that was why I looked it up was because I was talking about how great the visual effects were, and then I laughed because that's exactly go. what it, what it was awarded <laughs> or nominated is. for. Now, do you know what it lost to? In one, so it would be the twenty fourteen Oscars. Yes. Um, movies that came out in twenty thirteen. It's a good plug oh. for picture this because it is a best picture nominated film. Did not win best picture. And I'll give you a hint, it has only two actors in the film. <laughs> Hold on, let me think. 2013, two actors in the film. Did the whole time? The whole film is two actors the entire movie. And one of them dies a third of the way through. So two thirds of it is a one woman show. <laughs> I feel like you're gonna say it. I'm gonna feel like an idiot, but no, I it's not. It, like it hasn't had any sequels or anything. Like it's a one off thing. But at the time, it was like the technical masterpiece. You know, is it Life of Pi? No, Life of Pi was actually the year right before. You were close. <laughs> Life of Pi won Best Visual Effects in 2013 for the years of 2012. So oh, okay, you're close there. Uh, I've I never seen that out, movie. I... Um, there's oh, a yes, stocking. There Tony Stark, if you could see the stockings, he hangs one for Jarvis, and the colors that he just the stocking that happens to be Jarvis's is the same colors as Vision, 
And this is before Age of Ultron, so it was kind of like alluding and foreshadowing the fact that Vision would be a thing. So I just think it's kind of cool. It's like the oh red. Oh my god. The, yeah. mm-hmm. He hangs cool. a stocking for Jarvis. That is such a fun fact. <laughs> it, it's one of those things that's in passing. That's why I made sure to hit it now because yeah. then you can like kind of look for it. But I love Rebecca Hall. And I love how good she is so, in accents. You would never know. Wait, there. What? Uh, no, that's not it. That's the giant rabbit. There it is. There it is. Oh, see? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Vision's colors. Isn't that cool? I don't know where the others are. The others are on the other stockings. side. It's just, just Pepper and Tony. And then Happy's, I think, is the little one. <laughs> <laughs> he gets the little dinky one next to theirs. Yeah. Wait, what? Where is Rebecca Hall from? That she has an accent. I believe it's just the UK, unless she's... This uh, is really cool. The slow-mo uh, shot of him getting the suit yeah, on Pepper. She's from London. Okay. Wow, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And her father is also British. I think it's her mother who is from from America. You're gonna have to tell me the You're gonna have to tell me the movie deal because I, I don't oh, guess. Re- um I'll give you a hint. It takes place in space. The Martian. I'm kidding. No, the Martian is um, two years later. Also nominated for visual effects. Is it like gravity? It is. It is really? Is Anne Hathaway the one? It's Sandra Bullock. Oh, it's Sandra Bullock? So it's Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. And and it's basically cast away in space. She's stranded in space. Wow. That's crazy. Which if you haven't seen it, I kind of spoiled that her partner dies. But it's like, it's it's like really early in the movie. Because most of it's just her in space trying to figure out how the hell to get home with no fuel. (laughs) Quite, it's quite something. Oh, bless you. Allergy bless season. Bless me. You know? I'm just gonna get a tissue real quick. Yeah. See, this is the stuff I love. Where Pepper's getting to like actually have some action. Yeah. It's like that's <laughs> Tony's the damsel in distress. This is just nuts to me because I'm like, this was such a cataclysmic event in the mcu that like rarely gets touched upon now when we think of like the big moments of the mcu like it really is amazing that this is now something small in retrospect but this was such a huge moment what him getting his house wrecked yeah yeah i love the score in this movie too and i love how this suit it's kind of like its own character in this movie. Like how it just yes. bounced from Pepper to Tony. Mm-hmm. And he even yes. calls it at the end. He's like the prodigal son. Do you know who made the score for this? Who composed it? Um, I sure do. I believe it's Brian Tyler. It is. Mostly known for video games. But also did some... Yeah, work. I can feel that. I get video most recently, game vibes. Most recently, Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, word. That makes sense. If there's anyone who's going to compose a superhero, I mean, a video game film, I feel like it should be the video game guy. Right. Yeah, just so cool, all the gadgets.
it's funny to think that like the core premise, like the core piece of the movie is him on his own. And we still haven't even gotten there yet. But yeah. I think that just goes to show how well paced this is, despite a chunk of it, us not even getting to the main part of the movie. Just the setup is so good. I can't believe people dislike this movie. I think this movie is so good. It's like we're watching. We're watching all the suits get destroyed. Oh, and there goes the robot arm. It's either dummy or you. I don't know which one. Yeah, I guess people have issues with the third act, but I love it. The whole thing. I have no just, complaints. No, yeah, no. it just has such a personality. The visuals, the tone, but also like somehow brilliant and keeping things dark and actually having stakes that are more than just save the world from this looming presence. It's more so personal stakes and uh, I love it. Yeah. Still not over you ranking Pepper and Tony so low on your Valentine's Day couple ranking. Uh, you had them know. in like the top 10, but it was like, They're... they were two for me or three for me. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm shocked you had them any lower than like five. They're sweet, but there's like, I feel like there's no drama with Pepper and Tony. Like we kind of get the will they, won't they a little bit in like Iron Man 1. <laughs> But there's no like, there's no spice. There's no spectacle. There's say, no theater. The, as you say that, their home is being destroyed. I mean, like and, between and them. He's in the bottom of the ocean. I know. I know. I will say though, you're, while you're saying there's no spectacle, there's no drama. <laughs> this is Meanwhile, like he's drowning. <laughs> <laughs> I love this effect too, where the water is getting in the suit. It's like yes. It's like the scene in Titanic with Kate Winslet on the bottom of the boat trying to climb her way through. I'm like, oh my god. It's like claustrophobia and drowning all mixed into one. Mm, still haven't seen there that movie. Sorry, I've never seen the Titanic. Or Titanic, whatever it's called. Did you just call it Titanic? No, I just called it the the Titanic. When oh. It's just <laughs> Titanic, right? Freaking excellent. You missed your chance to see it on the big screen, though. It was, it was showing in a re-release like a few months ago. Freaking so up. now does he have the best-selling whatever again or whatever? No, because it's still Avatar and Avengers Endgame back and forth. I don't know what it's at now. I think Endgame's back to number one, but I don't know. And this is where, like, the movie... And then we... For me, this is, like, the movie now. Like, we're, we're past yeah. the prologue. Now we're here. We completely forget about Rose Hill, Tennessee. Until we're flying. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> That's the thing. It's like such a dark story. But like, I think Shane Black, more than almost everyone but James Gunn, perfectly understands when the joke is appropriate and when it's not. Like that yeah. point, because that wasn't even like a that wasn't even like a joke. Like he wasn't trying to get a laugh out of it. It was just genuinely no. funny because of the delivery and him just being like, "Why?" <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Man, I actually think I need to sleep now, sir. <laughs> 
Aw, don't leave me, buddy. It's almost like a parallel to Infinity War with the whole Peter Parker. I mean, the fact that he's literally left alone with only Nebula in that in that movie. And she, yeah, that's crazy. Other... I wonder what they talked about all that time. But it's just so interesting, like, so many people abandon him, but not even, like, consciously, you know what I mean? It's it's more mm -hmm. so. Wow. I just love the visual of the suit, just lifeless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, like, I get it. It's not a Christmas film, but, like, like, I want a warm cup of hot cocoa right now. No, I feel you, Bill. It's a Christmas film to me. Maybe we should put this in our like 25 days of Christmas lineup this year. See, I, I tend not to do that only because the holidays are so busy. I do Halloween, but then Christmas, it's like, it's hard to do 25 movies. I'm Let's try it this year, though. I'm going to try it. Actually watching 25 movies. I did 31 movies for Halloween, and it was hard. See, At I least you don't have that. to go to the, the end of the month for Christmas. Christmas the is the 25th. Is, and the thing with Christmas and Halloween both is like horror films, most of the good ones are 90 minutes long, you know? Yeah. So it's easy to watch before bed if you just like go to bed at midnight, you you start a movie at 1030, you're done, you know? But with Christmas, I think it's the same thing. Like you're not watching 31 MCU movies, which is two and a half hours each. It's like you're watching 90 minutes most nights. Right. But also you have the luxury of you, you, you were randomizing it, whereas I had to like... <laughs> Oh, I had yeah. a schedule, so I was like, I gotta watch this tonight. So no matter what mood I was in, I was like, gotta do it. Right. Love this kid. Now we meet Harley Keener. Yeah. Played, played by Ty, Ty Simpkins. Yep. Do you know what seen Ty Simpkins in anything else? Maybe, but I don't know. What were you gonna I say? No, I just said Jinx because we both said Ty Simpkins. Oh. Like I thought you said Jake because I thought you said Jake because it made me laugh because my brother for anyone watching this, obviously you all don't know me that well. Um, <laughs> my brother Jake, when he was younger, when we saw Jurassic World, it was very funny because it was like the older brother and younger brother. And the older brother was kind of like, it was Nick Robinson, the guy who plays Love, Simon. And he was kind of like just the brunette guy. Um, his younger brother had this like kind of bluish, uh, bluish eyes and the blondish brownish hair. And it like looked like me and my brother when we were younger. So it was just funny because this kid is is the younger kid in Jurassic World as well, um, the first Jurassic World, and and I always said it was like me and Jake. So it's funny that you said Jake, or I thought you said, oh. Jake, you said Jake. But this kid actually has grown up to do some cool things though. Like he was mostly in like it was this and it was um, Jurassic World were like the two big things, um, mm -hmm. and then he I, I think he kind of took some time off. But he was in one more big franchise, and I don't know how many movies you've seen in it because I don't know how much of a horror person you are. You ever seen the Insidious movies? Um, I haven't just because those were the movies that I heard were like very scary. Yeah, like a lot of jump scares. He was he's yeah. the kid in Insidious as well. So oh, he's like word. the kid. Um, wow. I actually funny story. The Remleys, <laughs> you know the Remleys. I'm dropping so many names of our friends. Uh, got me to go see that in 2013, 10 years ago. Um, went to see Insidious. It was my first horror movie ever. Insidious Chapter 2. And I was yeah. so scared that I watched half of the movie 
like you know the typical hands over the eyes i was gonna do yeah, it but then i realized sure. if i touch my eye it's gonna start bleeding um, yeah don't but you know hands over the eyes the whole time yeah and at the end i was like it's one of those things where you're so scared during it but then afterwards you're like oh i want to watch that again because now i've seen the scares uh but i've never actually watched it again and i'm thinking 10 years later it might be time to revisit um well yeah, 10 years ago avengers I saw movie club Ty Simpkins. <laughs> right. Um, what I was going to say, though, is his newest thing. He was just in The Whale, which won Best Actor for uh, Brandon Fraser. Brandon Fraser. Was, he was, he was uh, the kid. Well, he wasn't a kid. He was like this Christian guy. I guess he's still a kid. He was like a young adult, late teenager. Um, mm. Basically trying to like, he was like the religious discussion in the film. Um, so, so he's still working, which is, which is awesome to see. Oh, my um, God. He's like old now. Yeah, he's gonna be in the new Insidious film. He's playing the kid grown up, Dalton. So, so that's gonna be fun. Like he's 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 grown. And when I say old, he's still younger than we are. So I don't know. Right, but it's still compared to this. I mean, this is ten years ago. He's ten years older than this. I mean, I I think of Jacob Tremblay. Room was in 2015. That's eight years ago. And now I'm seeing him on the red carpet for Little Mermaid or blue carpet. Sorry. And he's like, he's a full grown man. I'm like Jacob Tremblay. You are too old to be this. Wait, how old is Jacob Tremblay these days? I, he can't be any older than like 18, but still, he looks like a man. It's it's awful. <laughs> awful because like it makes me feel old, but like good for him because it means he's going to be able to get more roles. But He is, take a guess. 18. 16. Oh, okay. But he still has hit puberty to the point where he looks old and it's weird. Right. No, I understand. I'm like, you're the little kid in room that made me cry eight years ago. And now you're going to be playing like the heartthrob roles. I can't. So this is interesting, Dill, because coming up, we find out that, you know, Maya Hansen has been like a double agent this whole time. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the MCU thing. You, you think you can trust them. Which, which we saying. didn't, which... There's just so many unexpected moments from this film. Just because, like, Mm -hmm. you know, not to be like that, but we don't really expect, you know, like, our woman characters in film to be, to turn out to be evil or, like, working for the bad guy, you know? We expect them to, you know, be be for the good guys. So it was, you know, just... Well, what's up? I was just gonna say that's a good thing with Shane Black's writing too. Sorry, mm-hmm. sorry, keep cutting you off. It's no. I, it's it's tough talking about something and listening to something at the same time because you're like, no, I get you. There's like forty things coming in your ears, but it really mm-hmm. is cool to see like Shane Black the way he's able to layer plot to where like every moment matters and you don't know it matters until the end when it pays off and you're like, oh, and then you could kind of watch it again with different contexts. Like he he feels like if he was working in the '90s, like L.A. Confidential is a movie he would have done. Like a movie mm-hmm. like that. And that's what we kind of see with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Even this to an extent has a lot of like reveals later that like recontextualize what's been going on the whole time type of thing. <laughs> the door of the Explorer watch. You want to guess how long the first cut of this film was? Okay, well, the what we ended up with, as I saw in the beginning when I pressed play, was two hours and 12 minutes. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say that the original cut was 
two hours and 37 minutes. <laughs> Three hours and 15 minutes. So he had to shave off a whole hour before they put it in theaters. Wow. Yeah. I want to and see and I bet it was just like, I, I bet it was probably more like Maya Henson Aldrich stuff. Cause like, it sure. feels like all the stuff with RDJ and Ty Simpkins is complete. But then again, maybe some of this stuff was cut. Who knows? Yeah. Just like maybe elongated, but I'd love to see director's cut only for that. A, a, a DVD of this movie, Dale? I do. Does it have like features on it? No. Like deleted scenes? Oh. No. Well, I don't know about deleted scenes, but it doesn't have like a director's cut. I don't think we've ever gotten a director's cut in the MCU because Kevin Feige's so like not like a puppet master, but you know, he's like, this is the version, you know? Um, right. Whereas DC, it was like, we ruined your version, so like, we'll release your cut <laughs> for Zack Snyder. That was which is crazy. Awesome. I, I think it's great because it's like, that's the movie he wanted to make and they the studio didn't let him. At least here, it's like, I, I feel like the difference is DC made them make that movie that way. Whereas I feel like Marvel, the directors make the movies almost for the studio. Like they know their guidelines going in. Mm -hmm. So they're less likely to stray from the path to where the other way around is more so they make the movie and then the studio changes things. Here it feels like the studio gives them their guidelines first and then they're able to work with it. Except yeah. for James Gunn who got a blank check on Guardians 3 and it's like the first time ever that they've been giving complete control and like studio, like Kevin Feige literally stepped in once it was done to be like, all right, let's see it. Um, which is cool. Wow. I keep forgetting he also has like the thing in his chest too, because that hasn't been resolved yet, right? Um, like he hasn't had the surgery, right? Is that the at the end of this one? That yeah. Mm -hmm. That's at the end of this one, I think. See. Even when you're like, it was just that one scene. Then they do this stuff and you're like, oh, wait, maybe maybe it is a Christmas film. Because it yeah. happens a lot more than you think. Her. I thought you were talking about her. When uh, you were talking about when you were referring to Ashley as a she. <laughs> and I was like, she doesn't come in until later. It's funny because Robert Downey Jr. in this franchise just has sexual chemistry with everyone. Men, women. I yeah, I think it's impossible to do a scene with Robert Gunn Jr. and not have sexual chemistry. It might not even be sexual chemistry, just chemistry. It's just like he's just chemistry, so... yeah. Because he has the connection with the kids, too. And obviously that's not sexual, but it's like... It got all by it's not. But, like, you know, it's like... <clears throat> it's just a great connection no, he builds with these actors that it's it's so dialed in, you know? She's in a lot of things. Like she's one she's of those, in a that, lot of things. That guy, you know, like like you know how every once in a while there's an actor where it's like that guy, John Bernthal, yeah. who plays the Punisher, is kind of one of those that guys. Like you're like, yeah, oh, it's yeah. that guy. Um, but I couldn't for the life of me tell you what her name is. No, absolutely not. But I've definitely seen her in a ton of stuff. I'm gonna see if I can find her on IMDb because she's awesome. Chad Davis. So you haven't seen Gravity, correct? No. Is she in Gravity? I ask, no, I was going <laughs> to... No, no, there's two people. Um, no, but I was just going to ask if you had to pick one for visual effects. Um, I, I think I found her. I think her name is Dale Dickey. I, I, I think I found her. Yep, Dale Dickey. She's in a lot of westerns, like Hell or High Water, Winter's Bone. 
Yeah. She's in the Man- she's in the Mandalorian. She's in Station 19. I don't watch that though. She gives Western her whole vibe. Yeah, like exactly this. Like the girl you meet at the bar, you know, like throwing back, talk about your lives. She's in Palm Springs, which is a fantastic movie. Oh, oh yeah, yes. She's in one episode of Shameless. Yeah, that tracks. She's great. She is in an episode of Grey's Anatomy, though, as Emily Gasoline Bennett. Do you remember that? I don't. Emily Gasoline. Oh. Oh, because, like, a biker gang comes in. I remember. Oh, is that? I remember that. Good memory. Um, oh, my God. She just, like, grabbed the gun through him. Yeah. Yeah, the visual effects are so good. I want to see what else was nominated. Because obviously, like, Gravity, is it's an amazing feat. But... Yeah. And and I still think it should have won, but it's like, this is so good, too. Especially at the end when we get all the suits at once. And it, it's a mess, but it's, like, such a beautiful, seamless mess that it's like it shouldn't look as good as it does. So we got Gravity Wins. This is nominated. The Lone Ranger is nominated, which, sure. Star Trek Into Darkness makes sense, J.J. Abrams. And then The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. So making that giant Benedict Cumberbatch dragon. So, mm. like, solid year for visual effects, for sure. Yeah. Is The Lone Ranger that movie with Johnny Depp? Playing in uh, Native American, yes. Oh, damn. <laughs> yep. 2013 and, was a different time. And oddly enough, he's not the most problematic lead in that movie. <laughs> Who is the most problematic lead? Army Hammer. Oh, of course he is. <laughs> of course. So any problems you have with Johnny Depp, you're like, well, the actual Lone Ranger eats people, so. <laughs> oh, love that effect, too. Just the way it slides into the gasoline, the fire. Yeah. Just so good. And then she walks through it. Freaking badass. But also scary as hell. This is almost like horror film, like slasher film cinematography here. Yeah. The way he's hiding and stuff. It's like this feels like something out of a horror movie where you like pick up the gasoline and use it, like weaponize the gasoline and make explosions and shit with practical yeah. items. Like very evil dead, this scene. Oh yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah, it is giving evil dead. Did you see I the new see- Evil Dead? No, because it looks really gross. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really gross. It's it doesn't have the same like almost low budget vibe of Sam Raimi's films to where like I think that's the charm of those films is they're like B movies. Whereas this one feels yeah. like a studio Evil Dead film, but it's got some good scares. There's yeah. a shot where literally you come up to this girl and she turns around, she's just chowing down on glass, and every piece of glass she eats, you see it like go down her throat, and it like you see it like punch like kind of puncture her skin. No. And then there's a scene with the in the trailer with the cheese grater. It, it's exciting. No, but, I just can't. I yeah, just didn't won't. care much for the film, but the scares were solid. The, the gore. Ugh. Ugh. And this kind of plants the seed of him wanting kids really early too. Right. Because up till now, you wouldn't think he would want kids. Just the type of person he is.
He's so funny. He goes, huh. <laughs> you like that, Westworld? These films in Chattanooga were actually filmed in, uh, or in Tennessee, were actually filmed in North Carolina, in Kenansville, North Carolina. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> this is a funny tidbit. IMDb says, in real life, Chattanooga is a mid-sized, fairly modern town, and in an ironic twist, has some of the fastest internet speeds in the world. <laughs> All right. Fun fact. I love this kid. I love how they brought him back for Endgame at the end. Yeah, that was really sweet. And I love how no one knew who he was. <laughs> I I kind of did because I remember him from Jurassic World because that was fresher. That was two years later. But it was like, a lot of people were like, who's this guy? <laughs> like, you're not a real fan because you don't like Iron Man 3. That's where you can find the, the cool people and not. If you recognize Harley, you're a cool person. Because that means you like Iron Man 3. I can't remember if that's something I knew in the moment or something that you like leaned over and told me. Like, oh, that's Harley from Iron Man 3. Right. Just interesting because I'm like wondering how he knew. <laughs> like, because obviously Tony Stark was a celebrity. So like, obviously the funeral is probably public knowledge. But like, how did he get in? Like, because anyone could have been like, oh, yeah, I knew Tony. So Pepper must have known. Yeah. They must have kept in contact. You know what I mean? Like, maybe he came to play with Morgan once or twice, you know, babysit or something. It's funny, I from like that to think shot, that they remained pen pals, him and Hart yeah, Hartley. I agree. From that shot, the way the liquid was coming out of those tubes, it looked like he was peeing on the ground. <clears throat> Didn't it? Yeah, a little, I guess. <laughs> You're like... Oh, I love shots of people in offices panicking i don't know in why. tv rooms because i feel like so much when you actually go to a real office it's so mundane that in film it's just like i don't know that's the vice president you know it's gonna haunt me later when we find out about his like freaking granddaughter and it's jenna ortega in her first role that's gonna haunt me ever. for the rest of my yeah, life she's a mega star. from that from the championship match with Noah. Just announced. Just announced. She is playing Lydia's daughter in the second Beetlejuice. She's playing Winona Ryder's daughter in Beetlejuice 2. And, I didn't even know they were making another Beetlejuice. And she's... Yeah, I have qualms with the fact that they're calling it Beetlejuice 2 and not Beetlejuice Beetlejuice. But... Um, mm. But she's also playing Still. Wednesday Adams. So it's like you're literally playing Wednesday Adams and Lydia Dietz's daughter. I'm like, you're you are the Winona writer of the time. She yeah, what? The young scream queen who plays freaky goth girl so well. She's yeah. gonna be the new Joyce in a Stranger Things 30 years from now. It's just gonna happen. Oh shit, yeah. Where is my son? Go. I like Miguel Ferrer. Yeah. He hasn't done a ton since. It looks like he's done a lot of TV. Like he was on NCIS LA. But his most notable things were like Twin Peaks in the 90s. And then he was um he was in Robocop was his first role. And his it's funny, his 
most problematic role is probably voicing the lead villain in Mulan. <laughs> Mr. Vice President, Sean Yu. Sorry, I was just so distracted because there's just like another moment where like the unexpected happens. The president makes the call. He killed him anyway. And I'm like, great. What does that say to your enemies? You're easy, easily manipulated. Do you say he was the voice of someone in Mulan? Yeah, the vice president. He's the voice of Sean Yu in Mulan, who's the the Hun, the the main villain. Oh. Which it's animated, so it's like it's offensive, but not the most offensive because he's also not putting on like any sort of voice either. He's not like making an Asian stereotype voice. He's just doing yeah. the whole like low growl voice, but he's also barely speaks in that movie anyway. It's more so like stares, death stares, and going, <sighs> you know. Yeah. I <laughs> wish there was a little more for Rhodey to do in this film. That's like one of the only things I have. You know, against yeah, it. you're it's right. not really a big we, criticism. We have been lacking in the roadie department. I feel like that's mostly ever film, though. Let's be honest. War Machine rocks with an X. <laughs> Sorry, maybe I do know this movie <laughs> <laughs> by heart. Everyone watching this is like, Kelsey, you're spoiling things right before they happen. But, but let's be honest, if anyone's watching this for the first time, you know, you're not. Miss Chattanooga. Oh, here we go. Here's the cameo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which surprisingly ranked lower than I expected in our Stanley Cameo tier ranking. It didn't rank too highly. Well, it was super quick. Right. Well, it will be. It hasn't happened yet. There it is. <laughs> there he is. I think also because it's on camera. I think also because it's like a video of it. Like if it had been in the room and he had like said something and then put up a 10. Yeah. But like it was just a quick camera shot from like the news. Oh, and here comes Gary. (laughs) (laughs) This would be my role if I ever made it into an MCU film, which is the dream. Honestly, that is the dream. The dream is to either have the Chris Pratt route of you have this much time to bulk up and you're going to get to be funny and dance and save the world. Or I'd be this guy. <laughs> if I had to interact with one of like the top dogs, like Robert Downey Jr., I hope that this is the character that I get to play so I can just genuinely spend the entire scene fangirling and not have mm. to worry about like looking or doing something cool in front of Robert Downey Jr. You know what I mean? Spanish stuff I <laughs> I don't have that tattoo. Sorry, let me rephrase. With my DVD box set, I have the tattoo. I haven't ever used it because I like, as a memorabilia piece, I like to keep it. But yeah, I 
I have not put it on. It's a water tattoo. It's not a real tattoo, obviously. Oh, they did give you a tattoo gun to, you know, give yourself <laughs> a little Tony Stark tattoo. It has enough ink to last you one tattoo, and that's it. Don't mess it up. Figure it out yourself. <laughs> if you do you have a tattoo, Kelsey, or no? <laughs> what? What'd you say? Do you have a tattoo? No, I want to get one though. What yeah, I was just gonna ask if you had to get a tattoo that's Marvel based, what would Ooh. you get? Oh, that's pretty good. Um, I mean, I think I maybe get like a little Groot. Like baby favorite. Groot or like a small scale version of Big Groot? Oh, I can't show you because it's my laptop that I'm using, but I have this like laptop sticker of Groot. That's like a drawing. I think it would be probably baby. Because that's the cutest of the groups. It's the I best think. of the three movies, I think. That that may change though. Every time I've rewatched Guardians Three at this point, I've been like, maybe this is my favorite. But there's enough in the second one that's still like, I just I weep. Right now, with recency bias, I think playing a key element in my ranking, I think it's two, one, three for me. From you know my least favorite to my favorite. Oh. Because um, one is your favorite movie of all time when asked at least a f like a few years ago. Yeah. 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 But I'll, favorite I'll doesn't like... always mean best. You could say like Guardians of the Galaxy is my favorite movie, but in terms of how I think these movies rank with one another, I mean, that's what movies are also subjective, but. Right. And I'll be honest, after this rewatch, this is definitely affirmed in my top five MCU films, probably, as long as it sticks to landing again, but. I don't. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's my favorite ever, but like it might be someday. The more I rewatch this, until next week when we watch Thor: The Dark World, I'm like, that's the best one. What am I? What am I saying? I don't think anyone's ever watched Thor: The Dark World and went, "That one's the best one." I think Alan Taylor would think so. Woody, <laughs> <laughs> let's ask him. Get him on the mm. phone. I almost feel like in retrospect, we should have seen it coming that she was a double agent because she's almost too, I hate to say this, but almost too normal <laughs> to where I'm like, sure. what other purpose does she have? Like, No, yeah, that's true. It's almost like I, we should have seen it coming. Because she's not going to be a love interest for Tony, obviously. You know. Because they're getting along, these two. It's not like she's a point of conflict for their relationship. What's your favorite Rebecca Hall performance? Would it be this one? Oh, but then we also just watched her in the town. I was going to say, that's definitely mine. Actually, I don't know if I could say definitely. There was a great movie that came out last two years ago, maybe? The Night House that she's so good in. Which is, is like a, a scary movie? commentary on grief. Yeah. I wanted to watch that one. And there's a movie called Resurrection she's in with Tim Roth, who plays the Abomination, mm -hmm. where it's this woman who's being stalked by one of her exes. And, oh, she has this whole um, monologue that's all one take. That's like eight minutes long. It's freaking Whoa. Awesome. It's like a masterclass in acting. I'm like. Oh. Yeah, it's like, what?
And I like how these like revelations, it's like, all right, we're about halfway through. It's not like we're taking it to the very last act and we're going to then drop it because we have another huge yeah. reveal coming. So it's like you need to pace it out well. Yeah. I think this film does that really well. Wow, My favorite that's... action sequence of the whole MCU is coming up soon, though. and I'm very excited. I think I know what you're talking about. And it's also. But. It may have been oh. dethroned by a movie that's in theaters right now. I, I just remembered. I was like, there's also an action oh. sequence in that where I'm like, there's yeah, nothing yeah. that will ever be better than this. That's the one thing I don't love about the Iron Man movies is like, they rarely ever show their faces in the suits without the mask. It's always like, either you're in the suit or you're outside the suit. And you know when they're outside the suit, it's likely not that actor. It's usually just a stand-in. Right. <laughs> I'm still eating that candy. Is that okay? <laughs> I will say, I love when a movie, like a sequel, especially when you've already kind of like gotten to know the characters, when they pair them with a kid, because something about it just like it works yeah. really well. I think of like Terminator 2. Um, that's like literally the only other one that came to my mind, but you know what I mean. There's probably others. I'm just thinking of like David Harbor and like yeah. any any project he's been in with children, which is just Stranger Things. Yeah. But even Stranger Things, it's a lot of like the kids are kind of like with each other in the first season, but then second season is when you start pairing them off with the older kids and the adults, and it's kind of yeah. like that too. Yeah, like it's always fun to see. See, and Harley tries to be there for Tony when he's, like, going through one of his things. Where, like, Pepper just, like, left the room. She was like, good luck. And I was like, oh, that's so not helpful. People, I, I, I think 2013 also, it's, like, interesting because, like, I don't think mental illness wasn't as talked about. You know what I mean? Like, this is pre-American Sniper, which was really one of the first movies where it was, like, veterans, look, it's okay to be, have PTSD. You know, it's, yeah. it will get you through it, even though I don't like that movie very much. But like the conversation about PTSD was almost like a bad thing. And it is a bad thing, but it's like almost like a taboo thing. Like you should be ashamed when that's uh, not the case. I just thought of another white man I don't like when we were talking. Oh, Bradley Cooper? Clint Eastwood. Oh, yeah, we, we talked about that. Yeah, but I'm keeping a running list in my phone so I don't forget what <laughs> no just i mean i'm not mad at cleaning so because it's like whatever give or take i could take him or leave him but it's like some of the people on your list i feel like it's because like it's one of those things you had to be there and i feel like a lot of the actors you have on the list are like their older selves rather than their younger selves because I, I guarantee if you grew up in the 80s or 90s you'd be a michael keaton stan but i know Maybe. you find him weird i mean like he was the actor of the time like he was the Be he was beetlejuice he was batman this is 
him breaking into this compound in Miami is one of my favorite moments just because he's made all these gadgets and things like literally just out of like household products. And mm-hmm. it just reminds you like how smart like t- and like yeah. capable Tony Stark is like, back to yes, basics. he's like, yes, he's rich and he has access to like all the fanciest technology and gadgets. But at the end of the day, like all he needs is some Christmas ornaments to really fuck you up. You know what I mean? Again, Christmas movie. All right. Is this going to be a, become a diehard conversation? No, because... no. I, I know I've already sold you. It's the people who are watching this being like, Dylan, it's not a Christmas movie. I'm like, he usually oh. uses ornament bombs. Whatever. <laughs> and like this glove. That was a good moment. It's very James Bond. Yeah. A little less refined, but for sure. <laughs> these random girls that are like that, either drunk or high or both say inside joke that only you i and 10 other people would understand that was you in the fiddler on the roof 40 years later where golda becomes a stripper oh <laughs> <laughs> the blonde yeah. wig and the blue dress that was that was you yeah 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 in that moment. um we're not even gonna explain it it's an inside joke no and it'll stay the, inside. You, you had to be there <laughs> oh is this is this the reveal? Yeah. I forget it happens this early. I thought the whole plane thing happened before this. Ah, this is the moment where people started hating this film. It's like you're just watching it and you're going, what? He's British? And I love that line too. Fortune cookies aren't even Chinese because this guy isn't really the Mandarin. It's like a metaphor before. And it he didn't even intend on it being a metaphor. Yeah. And the guns are all fake. Like, he's just ridiculous. It's so extreme in the other direction that I, I love it so much. And then they run in the back, and then they're like, ew, it smells. I can't is- believe that, that he, that he, this guy's able to have two women in bed like that. Like, this man is, is far <laughs> from the, the hot shot he thinks he is. That wasn't a fart. That was my chair moving. I, know I, uh, didn't I don't even know if you farted. heard it. <laughs> I don't even know if thanks, anyone heard thanks, it. But... Thanks for clearing that up, though, Joe. He totally farted. <laughs> Sorry, we're so quiet right now just because we're so, like... <laughs> I almost feel like people are like, thank you for stopping 
talking for 10 <laughs> seconds. Because, you know, it's a podcast, so we want to try to fill the air. You know, we don't want right. dead air, but also this is a commentary. So, like, we want to give you our thoughts on the movie while actually giving you a chance to watch some of the movie. He's just so chaotic. Like, you just never know which direction he's going to go. You don't know what, like, what's going to come out of his mouth next. Hmm. Think tank thinked it up. Shane Black actually said in an interview, this is a good time to bring this up, that he originally didn't even want to do the Mandarin thing because he thought just the Mandarin in general was a bit of a racial stereotype. So mm -hmm. in order to kind of like use it and um, almost kind of commentate on that idea, he made mm -hmm. it this whole big thing that like it is just a character and mm -hmm. like it's not a real thing because he didn't want to villainize a specific type of person. Then he it turns yeah. out the real Mandarin is someone who is far from the demographic that they're trying to sell it on TV to almost make a commentary that like to America, this, Oh boy. They have their own sort of biases and, and certain faces are almost more threatening than the actual thing. And, and the commentary on that, on what we see in media as scary, when in reality, the real thing is something that's maybe even a little bit more recognizable to the larger demographic than we'd like to believe, you know, in this case, yeah. Aldrich Killian, who is a white man, um, so I really like how Shane Black almost kind of like took the criticism of the Mandarin and like rolled with it and said, great, then if I'm going to have to put in the movie, then this is what I want to do with it to make it less insensitive. And I love that. I love that. Right. I mean, it really is awesome. Everything Shane Black does here. But I think Robert Downey Jr. has said he didn't want to do the movie. If it wasn't going to be John Favreau, he said the only other person he would have done this for is Shane Black. So he worked with him on kiss kiss bang bang like he brought robert downey jr back after all his substance abuse issues um, yeah and he said that's the only thing that favreau the audience of marvel and i could ever actually sign off on it's the quote so that's pretty cool nice see i almost wish that maya hansen had more of like a motive in this movie because mm -hmm. i know she just really wants him to like help her perfect extremis or fix it yeah. but i almost just wish she i'm like if you're gonna make her on on the you know on aldrich killing inside like i don't know make her like the woman scorned who's like pissed that you know they shared mm -hmm. this one night and he never talked to her again like because she's kind of living in this gray area and i and i don't know mm. i don't really know how to feel about her now that i'm watching this for the 50th time yeah But the second mouse gets the cheese. So that give you PTSD, Kels? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that was the one of the questions we got at Bar Trivia. Mm -hmm. It was one of the quotes hey, we got. We didn't even get a question. It, it sounds, was just name the character. Yeah, it sounds like a, a Howard Stark quip. I don't fault you at all, Dill. I was fully committed to answering Howard Stark for that. I mean, there was no way we were going to get Killian. You know what I mean? Like No, yeah. If it was someone very close to Howard Stark and like I wasn't like, even ah, that thinking was of any we of the villains. Yeah. And especially not him. He's just not the person you think of first when you think of quotes. But yeah. he has some good ones. 
But that's a really good quote. That was a really good question. This hair, I can't. My headphones are like buzzing a sec, so I'm going to unplug and plug back in. So I'm going to mute for a sec, but like I hope if it pauses the movie, it pauses the movie. I'll come back. I'll figure it out, but it'll really not look like anything. I just want you to know. Okay. The big dude with the hammer fell out of the sky. Desperation. And then she like tries to do the right thing here. All right, I think I fixed my issue. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, I can hear you. And the movie didn't pause. If anything, it like skipped a second, but we're good. I love how he says that with still the calmest voice. My temper is tested. And there oh, she goes. I mean, I know it's happening, but it, it just happens and I still jump every time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, a little bit of a waste of a character. Not yeah. even a waste, but like a missed opportunity well, to do a little bit more. Well, you know, the MCU is still trying to figure out what to do with women <laughs> 10 years later, so. That's true. Hopefully the Marvels does something right with three women at the center. Listen, say what you want about that trailer, Dill. <laughs> I'm really excited for it. I haven't said anything negative about the trailer. It looks like a Disney Channel original movie, but I don't mean that in a negative sense. You know, like that's not derogatory to me. That that's like I would have watched this twenty thousand times as an eleven year old in my bedroom with my Ashley Tisdale poster on the wall. Um, I did have an Ashley Tisdale poster on the wall. She was my first crush. Wow, that's iconic. I definitely had Troy Troy Bolin, like you Zac know Zach Efron. <laughs> definitely had the Jonas Brothers. And I definitely had Justin Bieber back in the, you know, back yeah. in like two two thousand and nine. I was gonna say, but at that time he still had his young voice though. He hadn't hit puberty yet. Right. No, I know. <laughs> no, it's just weird. I yeah, and neither had I. <laughs> <laughs> True. True. Oh. One of my favorite moments is coming up and I'll point it out to you when it does.
<laughs> what are you going to do? Oh. Didn't time it exactly right. No. It's like that erectile dysfunction thing again of, of like trying my best to have other performance enhancing. Oh my God. The fire breath. <laughs> I do love that, that line delivery from Dom Cheadle. You, uh, you okay. breathe fire? Oh, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's another one that's just like effortlessly funny. I almost kind of like his performance so much because it doesn't really escalate in volume or tone. It's it, it's yeah. all still the same tone no matter what stage he's at. And I kind of like that as a choice. Yeah, he stays very calm because he people with real power don't need to be loud. You know what I mean? I love that. Is that your moment you were talking about? No. Oh. I'll let you know. It's a moment or a scene? It's just a moment. Open the garage doors. The shed doors. That's like a classic. Like that gives me Spielberg vibes. I don't know why. Of like the, the kid looking up at the sky as it pans out. Yeah. The wonder and excitement in his eyes. Oh, I love that. Oh, this is so cool. This movie's so freaking good. No, I people, know. Y'all people just don't want to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> you want a defensive stereotypes? I'm sorry. You got a British actor played by Ben Kingsley and a little kid helping this guy pull off this badassery. I love it. Do you ever see those? Um, wait, I, one second. I'm, I'm distracted. It's okay. We have at least another hour to talk, so we're good. That that's my favorite moment. Honestly, I hate working here. They are <laughs> so weird, and he just lets him go. Because that would be me. I would be like, "Oh, people are dying around me. I'm I'm not dying for this cause. Thank you. I'm I've had a good run. <laughs> Peace out." It's a good moment. <laughs> oh, hello, sir. Oh, hello, sir. I just love the idea that the butler is an AI. Like, in Batman, you have Alfred, and, you know, that's the yeah. only other butler I can think of, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah, why is it, like, a trope in, like, American media that, like, our butler is British? I don't know. Well, because... They the have British a British butler in, in The Nanny. Because they're more sophisticated than us, honestly. Americans are not sophisticated. Yeah, but you... As much yeah. as we want to be. <laughs> Very fucker. funny. I don't even think of that. He just has women in bikinis playing ping pong. Like, what a, what a guy. 
I, I hope it wasn't too cold in that house. Apparently, the game he was watching is a game that was like actually on that day. So it was like it'll actually tell you when you watch the movie, like if you can figure out what game it is. And I think someone has actually gone and like studied to see what the clips yeah. of the game were from. Like you'll be able to find out exactly what day they shot this scene, which is kind of cool. I don't have that information offhand, but if you look it up, you can find that. I had a guy at a trivia match, at a bar trivia I went to, tell me what game he's watching. Is it Liverpool? Because when men find out that I know a lot about Marvel, they like to have a pissing contest with me and see how much I know. And they're like, so he was like, do you know what uh, team he's rooting for in Iron Man 3? And I'm like, no, please do tell. All right, I have the game. Do you want to guess? Oh, it, it's right there. Well, <laughs> Sorry. Well, he, Liverpool it, and Chelsea, he, yeah. Yeah, he's rooting for Liverpool. May then, like, 8th, late 2012 in, is when it happened. In um, in Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings, he's wearing a Liverpool like scarf or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it turns out Liverpool won that game 4-1 to one that day on May 8th, 2012. So this was filmed... About wow. a year, year before it came out, that scene. Pretty cool. And, and they must have he... DVR'd it because if they needed extra time to shoot, they probably just rewound it. Oh, here's our Jenna Ortega reveal. Yeah. With what she has like one leg or something? Or yeah. no legs. No, I think she has one, maybe one like yeah, she's missing a limb. All right, this is my favorite scene coming up. It, and uh, probably, if you if you held me a gunpoint, which I hope no one ever does, probably my favorite scene in the MCU still to date is this lo- this next upcoming scene. Action scene, I should say. No, it's not on your bucket list, Dale, getting held at a gunpoint. No, but if ever. There she oh, is. There she is. Miss Wednesday Adams. And AKA superstar. There it is. She's missing her right leg. AKA, like, I think probably the most talented person in this next generation coming up. Mm. Jenna Ortega. Like, literally, everything she's done. Do you watch the show You on Netflix? Um, I'm not caught up, but I, I've watched the season she's in, if that's what you're going to talk about. She's so good in that season. Yeah. She's so good. And then, do you see the Fallout on HBO Max? The yes, the- I did oh, watch she that. Is- and she was she's really good at that. that. And she's great in the yeah. screen movies. Like she's so, so, so good. Yeah. Sorry. It's it kind of. I have an I obsession get... when people are younger than me and talent more talented than me, and I'm like, you are so impressive. Like, yeah. I almost wish I were a talent agent so I could be like, can I represent you? Because I want to see your career blossom and I want to take credit for it. Because I know I'll never be that big. Yeah, it kind of picture oh no excuse me kind of makes me unreasonably angry because i'm like you have just no business being this talented and this successful and you're like 15 i mean that's how i felt about like jacob tremblay and ty simpkins in this movie you know i'm like you were so good at your age i mean all the spielberg actors he's directed at that age like Haley joel osmond and ai steven or uh little kitty plays elliot et rachel zegler in west side story i'm like how the hell Who's your favorite child performance in the MCU? Um, hmm, let me think. 
There aren't a lot I'm of thinking... children, but there there are some. Oh, I'm just thinking about like all all the moments we get like a young like a flashback and like a a young, you know, superhero. I can tell you my favorite. Uh well, I don't want your favorite to influence me. So let me think let me think of mine first. Wait, is that Corey Hawkins? Who the is Corey How, Hawkins? Corey Hawkins isn't this? He's um he was in In the Heights. He was Benny. He's, he's oh. just top dog underdog on Broadway. He's he was in a a bunch of Spike Lee movies like Black Klansman and um he's in a ton of shit. But like always, like he's another that guy actor where you're like, oh that guy. But I didn't realize he had a small role in this. I hope they show him again so I can show you. But oh, he was in Straight Out Compton. That's right, he played Dr. Dre. Straight Out Compton. But yeah, he's like the main guy after Usnavi in, in the Heights. And if you haven't seen that yet, I'm going to be sad. In the Heights. Yeah. I I watched In the yeah. Heights. I thought it was you, very fun. You all know Corey Hawkins. Oh my God, this scene is so good. Just wait, people. If you've never seen this movie. Just get ready. Ooh. It's the chest. It's the beam right from the chest that finally does him in. It's like the opposite of Alien. It's it's bursting out the back. Good. Oh, this is terrifying. This is my biggest fear, I think, is free Getting falling to my death. sucked out of an airplane. In a much more specific sense, sure. But, like, just in general, the idea like, of, like, a prolonged death like this where it's, like, you re- like flying without a parachute is like one of my biggest fears i hope like, that there's like no there's no way you survive it unless like this happens like there's no way you're I never gonna like, get a parachute in time sorry go ahead yeah i was just gonna say like i hope that if i'm ever free falling to my death i like have a heart attack before i like hit the ground like just something knock me unconscious like this is straight out of a horror film like this is like final destination shit And Kelsey knows also what I love about this scene just by looking at it. What is it, Kels? Um, you like, um, wait, 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 what's, what's your favorite part just by looking at it? Just like, what's something else I love about this scene? Just knowing me and the types of things that bother me in MCU movies and what this film doesn't have. This is, it's practical. It's not CGI. It's not covered in gray. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's yeah, clear. Yeah, you can right. see everything. It's blue skies and some clouds, but there's no like abundance of gray smoke. There's a few strands, but it's not like they could have easily made this a thunderstorm where there's like gray clouds, but they do not. Oh, I love this. No, yeah, you're right. And Jarvis continually like adding yeah. the de- like the the lengths or the I don't know their words. <gasps> yeah. Oh. It's like I hope you all can swim. Yeah, right. Oh no, that would be like a James Gunn thing. If like right after the fact, someone drowns because I can't Someone's swim. Like, ah, I can't swim. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That's like the the uh, what is it? The ferret or weasel in Suicide Squad? Oh. <laughs> That's that's what uh, that's actually very James Gunny right there. Where right after that happens, and immediately yes. boom, 
this is what I'm talking about with this movie is that it's there's so many unexpected moments. Like you think that's him in the suit the whole time, and then boom, truck. I think as soon as you see the head decapitate itself, I think you kind of know. You're like, that can't be actually him. Right. But I agree. Like wh- as soon as you get but hit, he gets hit. You're like, oh. I like specifically remember watching this for the first time and going, <gasps> and then you're <laughs> like, like oh my god, yeah. he was. There's one fake out death coming. There's one fake out death coming that I did really genuinely think that, and it's one of the only times where I'm like okay with a fake out death because it leads to an even cooler moment. But it's coming. You'll know. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> my history, my history of the MCU. Hold on, a big moment's about to happen here. Okay, sorry. I'm gonna guess. Okay, I think I have my favorite child in the MCU. Oh, okay. Yeah, tell me that first. Who, who is yours? Oh shit, do I? Because <laughs> I just remembered more children. <laughs> um. Just please tell me it's not one of the ones who sings the ice cream song in Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> okay so okay was that your pick they're they're my close close second is i think i'm just like biased because julian julian hillard who plays tommy yeah billy actually billy because tommy's the fast him. one gotcha and billy's the one that is wiccan mm-hmm he, I just watched him in The Haunting of Hill House, and he was so good in that. Yeah. Now, both of the kids from The Haunting of Hill House are in the MCU because Julian Hillard plays Wiccan, and Violet McGraw, who is young Nell, plays young Natasha. Florence Pugh or Yelena, yeah, Yelena. But I think my favorite besides him is actually the girl who plays young Natasha in black widow because i think she does i think i she does a really good job and i think that she's really badass and she's she gets Um, to do some like really cool things i also think uh, natasha is just cool yeah ever anderson and she is actually good segue uh she's the daughter of mila jovovich from the underworld movies or resident evil movies she is wendy and peter pan and wendy on disney plus now go check it out oh she's really good she's really good she's really good in it yeah um, my favorite, and this is actually an even cooler segue because she's also in a movie in theaters right now as the lead. It's Abby Ryder Forston who plays little oh. Cassie. She is now playing Margaret in Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret in theaters. Yeah. Now. So like, go check out Peter Pan and Wendy and go check out Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret because those two movies feature some great MCU kids doing even greater performances. Like genuinely two of the best. Those are probably going to be the two competing for the Pickle Award for Best Young Actress this year. It's going to be those two, Ever Anderson and... Um, Abby Ryder Fordston. So like yeah, our two favorites really are gonna funny. be going at it. I can't wait. Um I thought you were gonna say Morgan Stark. I thought that's what you well, were gonna say. Too. Your she's favorite. Good too. Yeah. She's she, just she, so cute though. She you know? yeah, she's just like a cutie pie in that movie. But like of my favorite kids, Cassie Lang. Young yeah. Cassie Lang is like my favorite. Because right? I don't love those films as much. So like she stands out even more, I think, you know. Yeah. There's like WandaVision, I love all the reasons for WandaVision not even the kids included but the kids do yeah. elevate it but and then they ruined them their reputations with that ice cream song and listen they didn't write that <laughs> we like ice cream i'm kidding, <laughs> kidding. <laughs> it is really good i'm messing with yeah. them they're, they're cute 
I forget how quickly the airplane moves into this sequence because, like, I always think of like the airplane as like the the middle, and then like yeah. this being the final battle. It's all kind of one, you know, all kind of transitions. No, I mean. This is a funny moment right now between uh Tony and Rhodey. Mm -hmm. So the one moment. <laughs> What'd you see? Nothing too fast. <laughs> The one moment I think we missed is when uh, Savin says to Killian that um, Pepper Potts is still in Phase 2, and this is the first film of Phase 2. I was like, ah. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Just a little thing Funny. that I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> and I love when Rhodey's like, alright, cool, give me a suit. Give me a suit. <laughs> and he's like, oh, sorry, can't. So something I was, I like to do these who was up for the role things. And the big fight's about to happen, so I don't want to really talk over it. But, well, we could talk over because it's not a lot of dialogue. But I forgot to yeah. mention before she died, who else was up for Maya and who was eventually cast before she dropped out? So Ooh. Gemma Arterton, Diane Kruger, and Isla Fisher were considered for the role. Who do you think was cast? but not couldn't commit to the role. And she's someone we'll see in a different Marvel property, not necessarily MCU property. That's a hint. Hold on. I need to look up these names. To know no, no, no. Those are out. names that were considered. There's a separate name from the three that was offered it that I haven't mentioned yet. Oh, you said Diane Kruger, Elsa Gemma, Fisher, Gemma Archerton and Isla Fisher. None of them got it. A different actress got it, but then she dropped out and Rebecca Hall got it. And then she's in another Marvel project? She's in a Marvel project, not an MCU project, though. That's a hint. Yes? Michelle Williams. No. Good guess. But no. Thank you. I'll give I you thought a it was a good she's guess. She's on Broadway right now. Oh, Jessica Chastain? So Jessica oh, Chastain was originally going to play Maya and then she had to drop out for scheduling conflicts and it went to Rebecca Hall. Jessica um, Chastain is on Broadway right now in Doll's House and she was in Dark Phoenix. That was the one I was not, looking Not, okay, not to be like this, but like Jessica Chastain is like too good for what the role of Maya Hansen was. I'd agree. I, I'd, say, I'd say Rebecca Hall is too, but at the time Rebecca Hall still wasn't like a name where like it's a good role for her where Jessica Chastain, I feel like at this point had, was already too big. I agree. Yeah where she didn't need it it's not a role for that type of person like harrison ford's gonna be in the mcu playing a role that is very much catered for like an old veteran actor but like a role like maya henson you don't need to throw jessica chastain who's off of her second nomination for an oscar for zero dark 30 right this, you know what i mean i love this whole action how everything's staged again well lit so you can see everything not gray nice blues Fun. and yellows it's not terribly colorful, but it's definitely not like the gray. And right, it's not clouded. Like it's not, September. yeah, it doesn't look like wet cement. Yeah. <laughs> Which is something I'll probably say next week. Definitely say next week. What's, what's next week? Oh, okay, I remembered. Sorry. It's in the title. Yeah, the yeah, It's yeah. just dark. Well, it is. 
the, the dark, dark world. world. <laughs> Sorry, that made me laugh. Never apologize for getting a giggle in. Speaking of Peter Pan and Wendy, the guy who plays Captain Hook, Jude Law, who goes on to play the villain in Captain Marvel, was originally yep. in consideration for Aldrich Killian. Mm. A little turtle cooking in his little turtle shell. I so hate this... how he says that. Oh, I love it. Cook. I mean, like, I think I... He also has an accent. He's doing an American accent for this role because he's Australian. Australian. He like looks Australian though. He looks like Steve Irwin. Like he looks like Steve Irwin and Chris Hemsworth's <laughs> baby brother. That's such a funny thing to say about a person. They look Australian. No, but like it's a beautiful no, blonde but, hair. No, but you're like, right. It's a good. Th- it's a compliment. No, you're right. What were you gonna say, Bill? Um, this scene was filmed way later than the rest of the film because Robert Downey Jr. sprained his ankle on set. Mm. So they had to refilm some of the ending uh, because he couldn't do any running. Sprained ankle is tough because you can't really do anything for it other than just like ice it and elevate it. And you just have to wait for it to get better. The worst thing that's happened to me in terms of like bones like that is a sprained wrist in eighth grade. And I remember my whole last like quarter of eighth grade, I got to sit out of gym class it was mm. awesome. <laughs> What'd you do to sprain your wrist in the eighth grade? I was playing basketball and I fell on it. Like I did a, a fade away and it was awesome. And I hit it and then I fell back and landed on my left wrist. But Oof. it was, it was, I got to spend my last quarter of the eighth grade in a library, every gym class. And I wrote this killer speech and then got selected to read it at graduation. I, it, there was no like valedictorian for graduation. Instead, there was something called the past, present and future essays and each essay there was like an essay contest for each one and i entered my essay for the present which was always the one no one wanted to do because everyone wanted to either write about the past or the future but i was like let's write about the now well i'm sitting here in in gym class in my library and i literally wrote this like bomb speech and i got to like read it at graduation it was awesome and then i went to high school and i was at the bottom of the tone pole again (laughs) as it happens you know you you have an awesome eighth grade year and then freshman year like oh And then you're the bottom of the barrel again. And <laughs> the... year, you're like, okay. And then you go to college. You're like, Ugh. yeah. And then you leave college and you just, there's no more rank. And then it's just life. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's a senior. Um, I broke my thumb. And Is it never feels right. Hmm. Smaller than the other one. Yeah. Hmm. That's a fun you know fact I always knew about Kelsey, a... but never knew why. <laughs> yes, I broke my thumb in kindergarten. It was apparently Gwyneth Paltrow's suggestion that Pepper be in a sports bra and like yoga pants for the scene because she thought it would make her look more badass. It does. Yeah. This is the moment. I was like, shit, they killed off Pepper. Yeah. Because like you you see that and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. And you're like, how does he ever recover? Especially because he has the whole speech at the beginning of the movie about how, like, you're the one thing I need to be, I need to protect. Like, this is all for you. Mm-hmm. Because, like, and if I, I don't have you, I don't know what I'm going to do. So yeah. it kind of, like, alludes to her, you know, not being, not making it out of this, out of this one. And what I was saying earlier about Shane Black specifically not wanting to make her the damsel in distress, 
I like how they kind of play it up a little bit like it's meant to be that. And then later you'll see that she ends up not being the damsel in distress because she wasn't, I mean, like, you know, she needs saving in the moment, I guess. And then she falls to her death, but then you'll see that she kind of like comes back as her own fighter, which is such a great moment for her storyline, I think. And their relationship, I think, too. Because it shows that he can trust that she'll be okay. He doesn't need to protect her. He needs to protect himself. And that's ultimately what the film is saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. I also just feel like going back to your original comment about her outfit during the scene. I'm like, yeah. Also, that's just comfortable for filming like eight, you know, 12 hours of, you know, action stuff like yeah, yeah i would want to be in a really comfortable yeah. fit <laughs> which would be films, a sports she's, yeah, she's in like heels and a black dress or something and it's scarlett johansson has to do some stuff in like heels and in, in avengers it's like no like stop <laughs> like yeah let them be comfortable and now we have like gamora and nebula it's such a cool 180 where it's like ah it's so refreshing to see how yeah. far we've come in terms of the women specifically women in action in the mcu i feel like captain marvel kind of broke that open and he, and he said, and here we are on the roof. Callback from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I also didn't realize that he has these like dragon tattoos on him. Yeah. Which also then kind of ties into the Mandarin we see in Shang-Chi because that has a lot of dragons imagery. I mean, like, it's also well done. He's the just taking, I feel like, from a bunch of different cultures. I, I've come to decide that Aldridge <laughs> Killian is kind of the worst. <laughs> yeah. Which is exactly what you need from a villain like this. Ah, uh, but the detailing of like the the glowing effect from a s- extremis kind of acting as an X-ray, like you can see like in through his skin, like his bones and his veins and everything. Just the detailing on that is so cool. And this moment, he throws the suit onto Aldridge Killian the same way he was passing it back and forth between him and Pepper at the beginning of the... I just... Oh, my God. It's just brilliant. Yeah. It's Chef's kiss. Oh, I have no so notes. Yeah. And, like, they do a great job of, like, making something that's so... Because it's confined. It's one space, but, like making it seem so layered in the production design, like so many different ins and outs and ups and downs and nooks and crannies to play with. And in the midst of it all, Christmas lights. Again, I'm not trying to sell you. I know you're on board with this being a Christmas (laughs) film, but... Did anyone draft this in the draft? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. What was your Christmas adjacent? That's a great question. Was it Harry Potter? No, that was probably Zach's. Chad's was a horror movie. Oh, I know, I know mine. What it was your Jason? Girls. Ah, yeah. It, which I think is still a better movie than this, but as a Christmas movie, though, I think this is better than Mean Girls. And then it's ultimately Pepper that finishes. Yeah. Again perfect subversion of tropes 
let's play into the fact that she's a damsel in distress. I got only nothing. To, only to twist the knife and plot twist it later, just like we did with the Mandarin. Let me make you think this is an offensive portrayal, only to realize that that's the point. Only to make the reveal sweeter. It's so good. <laughs> he's just like so confused but like also probably really turned on and also just so impressed he's probably just like feeling yeah. so many different things right now <laughs> just this like coming to re back to reality oh my god that was really violent <laughs> this is cute all right dill they're cute i was gonna pepper and, pepper and tony are cute. no i get what you're saying it, it's like when you it's like doing a president's ranking and like putting lincoln at number one it's like uh it's such a cliche answer but it's also like there's a reason There's that he's like one dad, of the most adored, you know? you know? Yeah. That's not a good representation of what I was trying to say. Cause like politics are politics. So that's like doing a ranking of Disney characters and putting Mickey mouse at one. Like it feels boring to do it, but like, or like picking your favorite ice cream flavor is vanilla. Well, I don't know about is, that. Is your favorite ice cream flavor vanilla? No, it's it's that is I think a boring choice because at least vanilla you could add something like cookie dough even is vanilla with something in it. Like I think putting vanilla at number one just makes you a little boring, personally. Yeah, that's what I mean about like putting Pepper and Tony first. But Pepper and Tony, it's a little boring, but it's also like the right answer. Whereas I don't think vanilla is like the right answer for ice cream. All right, maybe I don't know. Chocolate. Christmas morning began. We're still in Christmas. Just saying. This is going to be in the Christmas canon, always. I love it. This and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and The Nice Guys, like all his films are Christmas. Are they going to show Jenna again or is she only in that one shot? Is he that guy? I think he's in a Grey's Anatomy episode too. Probably. He does mostly um, mostly TV work. Uh, maybe, maybe he's not. But maybe he is. Let's find he, out. He is not, I don't think. What's his name? Nope. Miguel Ferrer. Oh, maybe. Then he just reminds me of someone. You know what? It must have been 
just because of scheduling because Happy Hogan was only in the first act. I'm like realizing that now. I'm like, we still haven't seen Happy and I think it's really because of scheduling because he wanted to make that other movie and never did. But he was still caught up with that that he didn't want to direct this. And I think it's for the better. I, I really think Shane Black brings such a great sense of style and humor and great plot structure to this thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think he's the right choice. Because honestly, quite frankly, I don't love the first two Iron Man movies. I like the first one for what it is for the MCU, but like, I don't like Iron Man 2 at all. So like, I think this is definitely the best of the trilogy. And really makes a satisfying ending to his like smaller arc. Yeah. No pun intended, but. And then we have Harley's new decked out. Love it. With Fios. From the mechanic. Potato potato gun, Mark II. I love that. Like that's just so cool. Like he got him a car. Yeah. I wonder if they gave the kid the actual actor anything. Like they like gave they him a tried fat to build paycheck. An actual that's potato what he gun. that's what he gave him. That's what they gave True. him. True. And residuals <laughs> for every time this airs on TNT or something. Lush scenery. Oh, back when green screens weren't even needed for this shit like this. Oh, yep. I love that too. And he's getting rid of his. Now wait. Yeah. Isn't doesn't Pepper at his funeral like have the have that? Uh, I think else? I think she has the original one, oh, like okay. the one from Iron Man one, right, like right, his right. first yeah. his first one ever. Right, okay. I was going to say, un- unless she got it after this. I was like, hmm. And then he finds the robot arm. That's the most endearing part for all of this. <laughs> yeah, you would have been distraught. Yeah, truly. I am Iron Man. I am Iron Man. But he doesn't say it. Oh, no, he does. <laughs> I am Iron Man. That was just a great movie. He says it in, in Iron Man. He says it in this one. And he says it in Endgame. Isn't that That's it? Re- don't, don't look it up because that might be a trivia. I'm not, I'm not going to look it up, but I know that Captain America only says I can do this all day three times. And he only says Avengers Assemble? Once. Great movie. So what we do is we do continue watching through the post credits just for your sakes. Um, because we want the complete effect. We wouldn't just dip out. We All we right. don't we don't leave the theater prematurely because we also want to give kudos to these people. The PSC. And I guess we could play uh the the game coined by the great inner geekdom champion Mar Mara Kanopic. And the great dangerous Dan Merle of trying to find food names in the credits. So Dan and Mara, if you ever happen to see this video or hear about this video, we are giving you credit for that game because that was all your idea. Music by Brian Tyler. Not to be confused with Brian Tyree Henry. And I like how they kind of like do like a clip show of all the movies because at this point, Age of Ultron wasn't announced. So like people didn't know 
Robert Downey Jr., there was potential for this to be his last one because if the negotiations right. didn't work out, this was also the same year Disney bought Marvel. So Disney bought Marvel, like, I think right before the Avengers came out. So they distributed Marvel, but because this and Avengers had been produced while they were still owned by Paramount or other studios, they got to keep the Paramount label on this movie. But this was like one of the first films actually distributed by Disney. So like it was number two. So like, where was I going with this? Uh, the, oh, so the contracts, we weren't sure yeah. if he was going to come back. The actor contracts. Yeah. So we don't really know at this point if he's going to sign on for more. He had signed on to three movies and an Avengers movie. And then he also popped up in Incredible Hulk. So it was a five film deal. And now here after this is when we find out he gets extended for more. But up till then, we didn't know this. Some most people were thinking this was it for Iron Man. Right. A lot of people figured it wouldn't be, but a lot of people were like, not sure how many more Avengers films or if they would even make more Avengers films or if like that was it. And like that was the peak and we were now done with that. But, but then I think the post credits also kind of solves that because it then introduces, Oh yeah, that's right. He's still in contact with all his other Avengers, but right. All right. So we got about, it looks like about 10 minutes left on the Disney plus stream, but like, I think Disney plus also puts in, multilingual credits so i think the credits will only be another like two three four minutes um but we can look while we're looking for names any last minute just like final recap thoughts of this movie i mean we both love it uh, but after watching this again any changed opinions um no i still like it as much as i did if not more honestly yeah, i just great. find more and more things that i that i enjoy and it's so well paced to where like it didn't feel like we were sitting here for two hours. Like and that might just be because I talked we both talked the whole time. Yeah, Corey Hawkins, he was in that. Um Wow, good good uh good eye. Dill. Literally one shot of the movie too. That's wild. I thought that said Jackie Brunch. I was like, there we go. So All we're right. Looking well, for last, names with last time you got you got it right away when we saw Guardians Three. Because Kevin Bacon, right? Or no, he wasn't in it. No, you saw Kyle Spicer. So that's someone who makes food. He makes he spices things, but he's not spice. Rose. Sophia London. You don't really eat rose. You you can rose petals. Eh, I don't. That doesn't count. Stone. You can cook on a stone. Campbell. Campbell chicken noodle soup. How that's that? the closest we'll get but that's that's a brand it's not an actual lemon food, though. rich lemon jr yeah there you go kelsey wins all right let's see if i can find one i'm still trying there's a baker still you can't eat the baker the baker makes the bread well you can if you're army hammer <laughs> good 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 cycle back to eric cook um that was that was a good uh full circle moment right there um Right, Thank see. you. There's got to be someone. Dickus. Can't eat Dickus, but you can eat <laughs> Okay. I'm not going to finish that sentence. Oh, corn, um, but with a K. I didn't see it, though. Shit. Sorry. Another you dick. Want There's me to Kevin say Dick. It? Can't. Doesn't well, they count. do eat spotted dick in the UK. If that's the name of a dish, you know what I mean? Not a food. Ooh, Christopher Swift. I wonder Any if they're related. 
Probably not. Swift feels a little generic in that sense. We're like, I could see a lot of people having Swift as their last name. Wheat. Jerry Wheat. There we go. Woo! We did it. Good job, Dale. There's also a hero lamb, but it's spelled L-A-M, so it wouldn't count. It would have to be spelled with a B to be the lamb you eat. But another twist of the game, does it count if Kelsey can't eat it? Like if it's beef. All right. No. <laughs> Are you fully vegetarian? No. Are you not in the slightest? I oh. had. Or you're birditarian. You eat birds. I eat birds and fish. So no red meat. It's so like no meatballs, no meatloaf, no pork, no steak. Are pigs yeah. red meat? Yeah. They're pink meat. Yeah, technically, but bacon is so good, Dale. I oh, you like bacon. bacon. Okay. I love bacon, bro. <laughs> I just had bacon <laughs> for dinner. I made myself <laughs> breakfast. For I, I could tell you had it recently because you you seem to really, really like it when you're talking about it i was eating it and i was like i could eat bacon i think for the rest of my life if like you you know will be my arteries wouldn't shut down because of it well you can still eat it the rest of your life as long as you eat it in moderation like you can't eat it every day for the rest of your life you would that's what i really meant is that i eat it like every day for (laughs) like literally every meal i could incorporate bacon you ever have a bacon wrap date Holy shit. No. I don't even think I've had a date. I mean, I've had a date, (laughs) not like a date nut. (laughs) You've never been on a date, Phil? We'll find you someone. Don't worry. No, no, I've never been on a date ever before in my life. Absolutely not. No. They're not all what they're cracked up to be. I did did a date with my eye doctor yesterday. (laughs) My surgeon. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We stared into each other's eyes the whole time. Actually, she stared into mine. I I couldn't see hers. They make a lot of money. If hey, the, the the actual doctor was a little old, but like, and not, I'm not being ageist, but like, to the point where I think she's married with kids. But there was a very beautiful I mean, receptionist who was very nice, and I just if she's watching. Down. If she's watching, I know the last you saw me, my eye was bleeding, but it might be oh. nice to <laughs> do an eye exam <laughs> over some coffee or something. <laughs> <laughs> Not me shooting my shot with my eye doctor receptionist in the middle of a commentary track that'll probably be listened to for years or never not, again. Not this ridiculous angle of me. I just needed to lay down because my back was hurting. I almost kind of want to. I almost kind of want to put in a fake background of you on a beach. So for anyone listening, <laughs> <laughs> listening to the podcast but not watching the podcast, Kelsey is fully lounge mode. Her head is literally feet away from the camera at this point now instead of a foot away from the camera and all you can really see is a a, a little arms and and like her head peeking out of her her torso a little bit and a pillow it looks like yes i was sitting on two blankets i didn't have a backrest this whole movie i just needed to rest my lower back my lumbar now look at all Wait, hold on. Jingle bells. Santa Claus is coming to town. Jingle bells. Oh, Christmas tree. Auld Lang Syne. Jingle bells again. The Bombay Dub Orchestra remix. And for anyone who says, <laughs> it ain't a Christmas movie. Well, guess what, Scrooge? Guess what, <laughs> you cockney idiot. <laughs> hey, don't just... I well, just you put on a cockney accent for that because well, I was thinking of Scrooge. I was thinking of Scrooge. Oh, but like, okay. not everyone is a, who's a Scrooge is British. 
Every Scrooge is and British, not but not every British person British is a Scrooge. Is Scrooge. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh. I love the fact that this is the narration we've been hearing the whole movie. It's supposed to be like yeah. this. And again, another twist, another unexpected moment. Yeah, like that this whole movie has been him. That this whole session. movie was just a therapy session. With the rough. Seven PhDs, and none of them are for psychology. <laughs> and that is what we see in Civil War, right? Um, or no, he's a little older there. But I, I, it's just so good. Okay, so that's the ending of the movie. We stopped it there. Um, yeah, that's Iron Man 3. And Tony Mark Stark Ruffalo. will return. He we will. Get we get that oh, so we do get that. Okay, so yeah. when they were filming this, I guess he didn't know if for sure if he would... I, I guess this was the announcement that he was back for more than was from this film. I forgot they put that, but... I mean, you had to assume there'd be more. Um, but yeah, that's Iron Man 3. So thank you all so much for watching. We'll be back next week with yet another commentary doing this 10 years later retrospective. There's another movie that came out in 2013 from the MCU that, you know, obviously won way more Oscars. Uh, became the number one box office highest grossing film of all time, uh, Thor The Dark World. <laughs> Nobel Prize winning I was like, screenplay. What movie are you talking about? The Nobel about? Prize winning screenplay. Um, yeah. You know, it, it got the guy who played Malekith. It Malekith. got the EGOT. Christopher Eccleston got a Grammy for the performance. It, it was practically like singing the most beautiful opera of the choir, his performance. Uh, we'll be yeah, talking about yeah. it next week, and I'm excited. Uh, Kelsey, really quickly, where can they find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram. Kelsey A. Kilpatrick, or you can follow me on TikTok, Cos13. And you can follow me at Dylan Scorndazzo at Twitter and or Letterboxd. And Kelsey's on almost there getting a Letterboxd up there. and running so you can see everything she watches, everything she rates. Um, my review for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. If you didn't want to hear us talk about spoilers, there's a non-spoiler review that I wrote on my Letterboxd, so go read it. Uh, Dylan Randazzo 417 at TikTok, and of course, Dill Pickle Movie Network. If you listen to our commentary, go watch it, because there were some funny moments, especially watch the credits where Kelsey just lounges. Um, and... <laughs> If you want to check out our other videos, we do more like video friendly podcasts. This was much more of an aural audio experience, but uh, we definitely want you to check out all our other videos and please support the channel and the podcast all you can. Give us uh, a rating on Spotify uh, because sadly, because uh, the ownership Anchor got bought by Spotify, we now no longer have ads for Anchor. We used to have an advertisement that would run on every podcast where I'd be like, everyone sign up for Anchor. Anchor doesn't exist anymore. It's now owned by mm -hmm. Spotify. Spotify merged with Anchor. So now it is just Spotify and we need a certain amount of views and listens to get ad revenue again. So we are no longer um, getting ads. So mm -hmm. uh, all the help you guys can get to get this channel monetized, to get the podcast monetized would be really helpful um because we hadn't even hit the threshold yet to start paying ourselves for the last podcast run and now all that money's down the drain because anchor no longer exists so we appreciate all the effort um and thank you for watching we'll see you next week next week for um of course thor the masterpiece <laughs>